Hi, my name is Jan Welch, and welcome to the second episode of the Then and Now podcast. Currently, this podcast is only available on YouTube, but will soon be available through podcast streaming services. This podcast is different than most podcasts out there, as a YouTube version has a lot of supporting photos and video overlaid on top of the interview that pertains to what we're talking about at the moment. It's a lot of work to do this, so please let me know if you like it or not. If you do, leave, hit the like button below. Leave any comments or suggestions you may have as well. Also, I have a Patreon set up, so if you like this work and you want to see more, you can become a Patreon supporter. If you become a supporter, you'll receive exclusive content in the future, edits, B-roll, stuff that I won't be posting on this channel. And if you haven't subscribed to this channel yet, please hit the subscribe button. You can hit the bell icon to be notified of all new uploads. And uh, let's get started with episode two. Today I'm going to be talking with Caleb Smith. He's an aggressive skater turned big wheel blader and is now known for his ultra distance skates around the country. Uh, so Caleb, uh, where are you from and where do you live now? Originally I'm from the Quad Cities, which is like right on the border of Iowa and Illinois. Um, I kind of grew up in between the two. Um, and then now I reside in Des Moines, Iowa, which is like right back in the center of Iowa. And how long have you been there? uh for the better part of eight years now i had some i had a little bit of time in there where i was traveling so i wasn't based you know really anywhere but i ended up coming back to des moines because i just really love this city so you started aggressive skating before you moved to des moines or when you got there uh before i moved to des moines i started aggressive skating in sixth grade so at that point i was living in central illinois um like peoria illinois area um did that forever. I moved to Des Moines when I was 22. So I'm 31 now. So that's, yeah, nine years. Um, so I was well into aggressive skating when I moved to Des Moines. And I had not yet started big wheel blading. And when did you start big wheel blading? Honestly, I ordered a set of shadows and they came with a set of four by 80 frames. Mm -hmm. And I like tucked them in my closet for like six or seven months. And then like, people were skating less it was getting kind of cold and I was like really bored so I put them on and I just started like skating around downtown and just like you know really was like whoa I like this this is like different than the normal kind of skating I've been doing and Des Moines downtown is pretty easy to skate around it's you know it's fairly flat has some some mild hills and uh not too many people or traffic yeah it's uh it's weird it's the capital of Iowa it's the biggest city in Iowa but it's like downtown is like this yeah like three mile square radius kind of super easy traffic flow it's really clean really like well maintained all the roads and the sidewalks and our bike infrastructure is like super good um so yeah it's like a really great place to skate like it's it's you know you have the feel of a big city but it's like really super condensed it's small it's like a little bubble and it's like really enjoyable because i be a little more carefree when I'm skating versus skating around like a bigger city like Denver or Chicago or New York like you're on super high alert when you're skating you know so you you know you can't you're not as free with yourself you can't have as much fun with it because you're, you're you know minding traffic and stuff so much right more. yeah I skated with you in Des Moines when I moved to Vermont in 2017 and I yeah. stayed I stayed over at um Zach Gutweiler's house and we went skating downtown and that was a lot of fun um we were with your homie uh what's his name again the roller skates 
AJ. AJ, who just moved to San Diego. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that should be fun for him. San Diego's a great skating town. Yeah, definitely. I'm sad he moved away, you know, right after our new park was finished. So I'm kind of skating it by myself or, or with Katie. Um, but yeah, but I'm excited for him. Yeah, there's a ton of skating out there. And, his, you know, he met a cool lady that's a skater as well. So they're kind of. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, uh, so you moved to Iowa, I mean, to Des Moines, and you were aggressive skating. And what was the scene like there when you moved there? Uh, I mean, good. Like, Iowa's always had a really awesome scene. Even before I moved to Des Moines, I was traveling to Iowa every weekend and all summer long. Um, Davenport, Iowa, which is in the Quad Cities, has a really great skate park, so we'd always be having events there. Um, I got into the Iowa scene and just started, like, street skating with all those guys, and they were, like, you know, the primary group I skated with. There was, like, three of us from Illinois that skated, so we would just, like, travel to the Quad Cities, meet up with those guys, travel to Iowa City, meet up with those guys, and just, like, have huge street sessions. And even when I moved here, like, we still had, like, a solid crew of, like, 10 of us that were going out filming constantly. We, like, filmed a whole series of videos over the course of, like, five years. You filmed the Ender clip of my section in uh, Iowa 2.5. Yeah, that's right. In Austin, Texas, when you came to visit, you brought both aggressive skates and big wheel blades. Yes. And you had some power slides, I believe. Yeah, I had the power slides swell 125. That's right. And you had just gotten them, right? Yeah, I was skating the five or the uh, four by 80s. And then for New Year's, I just like, I thought the three 125s looked really cool. And I just bought them for New Year's for myself. And then I went, I think I went to Austin like two weeks later or four weeks later, maybe. So yeah. I was like brand new on them. And you were staying at the hostel there in the water right yeah. outside of downtown Austin. And I remember picking you up for some, well, we did a few days of aggressive skate sessions filming, yeah. which were a lot of fun. And uh, you really got worked on that one church, Rella, if you remember. Oh, um, I remember. Three stole and I like <laughs> hit, hit my hip and every other part of me. And then, uh, you know, you did that gap at, at the school off a of second story balcony over rail. And then we also did some big wheel blading. And we did yeah. that, you know, 26 mile skate from Austin to Maynard on the South Walnut Creek Trail. And yeah, was that, that one of your first long distance skates? That was my first ever long distance. It was 33 miles. 33 miles. Yeah. That was I a pretty good it. skate. It was a good skate. Yeah. And then we went to the cool diner in the small town. And it was like, I remember people being like cool vibes on it. And then, you know, the whole experience was good. And then, yeah, it just, I don't even know. I just kept going after that. Uh, it's like I just didn't stop. Yeah, that trail's a beautiful trail. You know, yeah. So nice. No, no, it doesn't go over any roads. It's just bridges and tunnels. I remember we were ended up being on a stretch of closed down interstate, too, that, like, do you remember with, that? Yeah, with a hill bomb. Yeah. That was really fun. So when you went back to Iowa after that trip, that's when you sort of started doing more long-distance skating? I continued like just blading around for exercise and then that summer was when i did my first rag ride okay which is a, like 430 mile race across iowa yeah it's not a race it's a ride it's a ride, ride. um so 430 miles is a big difference from 33 miles in austin what was yeah. the biggest skate you did before rag ride? that was the biggest skate. that was the biggest skate yeah, I, I came back to Des Moines and I kept doing my like 
seven miles, 10 miles and thinking like, you know, that's a good workout. And then rag ride came up and I like thought I was prepared. Uh, but wow, that one really, we, you, you interviewed me about that one before for big wheel blade. Right. Yeah. That really rocked me like physically and mentally too, because it was like one of those things where it like rocked my body so hard. I couldn't skate anymore but I wanted to skate. I had that like aggressive skater mentality of like, I got to keep going. And I remember being in like so much physical pain that I was like, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I felt that kind of like a little bit of defeat that you feel, you know, like, you know, the same as like the day we went street skating, when you like don't land a trick at a spot, you feel a little bit defeated by it. And it was kind of that feeling a little bit too. But, but you finished the whole race that year, right? I mean, the whole ride or you finished most of it. I kept going. You kept going. I took it off because of my back was so bad. I couldn't. Okay. Um, and then, but I kept going. And there was another day where I did a half day. So it was like, I didn't do all of the miles on that first drag ride, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think is common for a lot of people. And I mean, and that's me referring to cyclists. And it's, you know, it's a little easier on a bike than it is on skates, obviously, because you're standing up and you're, it's a full body workout. Um, right. I feel like on bikes, a hundred miles on a bike is like 40 miles on blades. <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, the, the difficulty. Cause I can ride, yeah. you can ride on a bike for a long time. You're, you're sitting there, you're riding. I mean, you might get sore, but it's a full yeah. body workout on blades. Yeah. You're like everything on you, your feet are supporting your entire body. Right. So like, as the, as you go, the fatigue builds and builds and builds and builds. Whereas on a bike, I feel like it's a little more, it's a slower pace of the fatigue build. So I used to, you know, 2017, I did a lot of, you know, distance skating in Austin. Um, Skated like, you know, 3,000 miles or something throughout the year. And the long, but the longest skate I did ever was like 65 miles. You know, I did maybe 30 miles sometimes every day, but that 65 mile skate kicked my ass. And I probably slept 24 hours afterwards. So you doing such long day, you know, skates every day. I don't think I could ever do that. Maybe because I'm like old now, you know, and decrepit from skating in life. But, but uh, I was very impressed by your early ultra skating ventures. And then you took it to the next level. And you, you did the skate from San Diego, uh, LA to San Diego, San Francisco to, San, to LA. Um, so you did Athens to Atlanta and then back to Athens, or was it, you did Atlanta, was, Athens, back to Atlanta with Ben Price and Sam Fistel. Yeah, that was a wild, that's, that whole story was crazy experience. Who, who decided, first of all, to do the skate? Uh, so I kept hearing about A to A and I really wanted to do it. And then Ben had told me about Sam who does A to A to A, which is Atlanta to Athens to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So it's the race is Athens to Atlanta. It's an 87 mile road race. So the whole thing is Sam would leave the night before and he would skate Atlanta to Athens, you know, have a break at the beginning of the race and then turn around and he'd compete in the race. And I thought that was wicked cool. I'm like, that's a huge amount of mileage. If that guy's doing it, then he already has like the infrastructure and the ability to like 
do it. So if I can tag along, that would be a, a wicked experience. And Ben Price told me about it. So I was like, definitely let's do it. Um, so I was doing the math and it's like 87, 87 is 174 miles would be the total. So I thought, you know, I'm not going to get that close to 200. I don't know when the next time I'll be that close to 200 is. Uh, Cause like 200 miles is it's a double century and it's a kind of a crazy thing. It is, it is crazy. Yeah. In the, <laughs> they have these things called, there's a metric century and then a regular century. A metric century is obviously a hundred kilometers, which is like 60 miles. And then there's a standard century, which is a hundred miles in a day. So obviously there's then the double century and the triple century. I don't know if anybody could do more than that. Maybe on a bike, you could do like a quadruple century, but that'd be crazy. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I'm going to be close to 200. So my, my plan, you know, I had been training for it and Ben and Sam had set everything up and I was supposed to meet them at 10 o'clock to start this venture to the beginning of the race. So I left the place I was staying at in, in uh, downtown, or I was like right on the edge of downtown. I left at 5 p.m. and I did a marathon around Atlanta, which I had never really skated Atlanta before and didn't realize how hilly it was. So that was like, you know, a pretty intense marathon to begin with. And then I ended up at that big mall there. What's that big food mall? The old wow, market. I have no idea. It's this really cool one right on the right on this bike trail. But went there, had some dinner, and then hopped on the trail and like started skating towards Athens. And it was like I had planned for the mileage. I had like gotten food and everything, and I thought I was super prepared. And then I realized like as it was getting dark, I didn't have a headlight or anything. I just had like a light up wristband. And it like dawned on me that we are getting ready to skate like through the countryside of Georgia. And so I have a light of wristbands. Ben Price has a camping headlamp that he like squeezed over his helmet. Right. And, and Sam has like a full flashlight headlamp mounted to his helmet. And we start this skate and Sam Fistel has like a notebook with every single turn of the entire race. And it was really crazy because he was like a human GPS. We're like skating and he's like, in 400 feet, we're going to take a left. <laughs> and then he, we'd take a left and he'd flip his notebook. And he like was really good about keeping track of our heart. Like he kept track of his heart rate. So he knew how much energy he was expending. So he kept us at like the right pace to skate throughout the night to get to the race with enough energy. So we're like, the first part we're like leaving Atlanta and then we're skating through suburbs and then we like get into the countryside. And that's when it got really crazy. Cause you're just, we're just on a highway in the middle of the night in Georgia countryside. And it's like pitch black, except for ham, except for Sam's headlamp. And then Ben and I'm behind him and we're doing like a pace line of three guys on the highway in the dark. And you can see only the only thing you can see is that like, the sky was less dark than the tree line. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like a black square tree line and then a less dark sky with stars and you could see the highway. And it was like, it was a trip. We were going down massive hills in the dark, just like, you know, hoping that I was just hoping I didn't hit a huge cracker that we didn't like wipe out or, or you know. Um, and we made it. Sam led us all the way to the start had an hour we sat there ate some food changed our socks i did like a bathroom shower and then how do you, how, you feel at that point after doing a you did 100 miles already right 
100 and yeah, over I would, 100? I arrived at the start of the race at 113 miles. And how so did you I, feel at that point? I felt really good. I think I was hyped because when we got there, there was a bunch of skaters there. Everybody was like gearing up. They were all excited. So I like had this energy now of mm-hmm. like, whoa, I'm now joining this actual cool event. Cool. This is the, it was like, it tricked my brain into being like, oh, we're restarting. This is cool. This is the start of the event. Um, you know, the rollerblade team was there. A bunch of like awesome speed skaters were all there. And so they all like watched me show up and knew I'd kind of been um, building that one up on the internet. I connected it to a fundraiser, um, which was really cool. And so they all knew what was going on. So I showed up with 113 miles and then the race started, which was really cool. It was like, you know, I don't remember if it was a gun or not, but the sound goes off and everybody started. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) For like maybe a mile. And then I just like, I just like lost it. It was like, Oh wait, I'm, already skated a hundred miles and so I had to like immediately I had expended so much energy in that first sprint of like a mile going fast with everybody that it just like wrecked me and so for the next you know 86 miles I just like skated long periods by myself um all the packs like pushed on ahead the race is like in three segments there's like a 49 mile race a 31 mile race and then the 87 mile race so obviously racers finished at a point so near the end I was like by myself and I remember I got to there's six support stands along the race where they have like water and bananas and then the last one this lady had a bunch of candy these two Canadian aggressive bladers were there and they were competing in the 87 mile road race just to see if they could do it it was like their first big distancing and they like were at the stand and I said, I'm going to lay down and take a 10 minute nap. And they're like, all right. And they took off and went down the road towards the finish. 10 minutes later, my, you know, my phone goes off. I get up and I start skating and I'm like miles down the road and I passed them. <laughs> and they were so <laughs> mad. <laughs> they weren't actually mad. They were like laughing, but they were also like, couldn't figure, figure out how I just like kept going. But yeah, I, uh, I crossed the finish line on 201 miles, um, right at old fourth ward skate park in Atlanta. It was great. That's amazing. That's amazing you did that. And you guys, did you skate the skate park at the end or what? I I don't remember. I don't think I did. I think my legs were done. so done. Ben Price dropped in. I know he skated the bowl for a minute, but I, I think I like talked to a couple people and then I laid down on the sidewalk and I blacked out and everybody was taking photos of me on the ground. People were like standing above me taking photos because I was just dead. I was asleep. I was so tired. So is that still the, to this day the longest distance skate you've done? Yep, that's my personal record, 201 miles. I keep thinking like when and where I'd be able to beat that, and I don't know. Do you want to beat it, or are you happy with it? I mean, I'm really, I'm really happy with it. You know, the further I go, all the miles I, I skate, like I just become really happy with just any miles. You know, I'm really... Uh, I think that's one thing that's changed over the course since I've met you and been skating these distance miles the last five years is like, I started out with that aggressive mentality of like, I want to get the huge mileage. I want to go real fast. Like I want to complete the things. And now all of that's sort of been melting away as I've been skating. And now it's like, 
this is what I want. I want to be on the road. Like one mile to me is as grand as 200 miles. Does that make right. sense? You just want to be skating. Yeah, I just want to be skating. This year, you've been doing a lot of ultra skates. And what was your goal for this year? What's the skates you've done? And do you have any left? Yes. So uh, this year, my big thing is called the Midwest Ultra Series. Um, it kind of started out as uh, having a conversation. I was having a conversation with someone about where I lived, Iowa in the Midwest. And the conversation, you know, was kind of like, oh, have you ever thought about living in California or somewhere where it's warm where you can skate year round? And I said, oh, I really love the Midwest. I think having the four seasons and having just the, I, the Midwest is kind of a different place than the coasts, you know, the Gulf, you know, East coast, West coast, like it's, it's its own place. And I really love it. So I wanted to showcase the Midwest. So I designed a series of ultras. Um, the concept is, as I leave from my house, right gear up, I leave, I walk out of my front door and I skate to all the major downtowns in the Midwest. So it's kind of like, if you look at Iowa, I've been going in a clockwise map. So I skated from my house to Kansas City in March, um, 240 miles. And then I did Omaha uh, in May, I think, which was, a, it was 172 miles. That one was a three-day skate. Um, really wicked awesome. I had another skater, Alex O'Brien. You know Alex O'Brien. Yeah, I do. He lives in, um, in Nebraska. He's cool. Yeah. I, stayed, I stayed with him before I stayed in Des Moines. Yeah. He, yeah, he's yeah. a cool guy. And uh, he wasn't big wheel blading back then either when I, when I was there, I don't believe. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he, he was kind of like, you know, a lot of the homies had picked up big wheel blades here and there, mm -hmm. but it was like without having like an organized skate or like sessions or anything like that, it's harder to get into it. It's, it's almost like, it feels like from my perspective, sometimes it's almost like a piece of exercise equipment. People get them and they put them in the corner of the room and they think all big wheel blade, but if they're aggressive guys, they're always going to be aggressive skating. And like maybe at the session where everybody puts on big wheels, they'll big wheel a little bit, right. but like people a little bit longer to like get into the whole of like, yo, you could be big wheel blading all the time and it's going to translate it's going to make your aggressive skating better it's going to make you stronger like help with your endurance well there's different levels of big wheel blading you know the yeah. big wheel blading you're doing you're doing distance skating uh you know there's recreational but you know there's a lot of guys uh you know like psycho burn and stuff that are doing more urban tricks you know like urban big wheel aggressive type of skating you know not yeah. grinding but you know rolls and you know playing with the urban landscape yeah, that too. I like, I totally forget about that. But like, yeah, that's a, that's a thing too, that I think would help a lot of aggressive skaters. It's like, it's really fun because you're just going faster and you can just mm -hmm. do easier. Like this, the name big wheel blading is very self-explanatory. Like every, you can go bigger, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. You can roll things that you couldn't do on small skates, you know, yeah. um, buildings you know like transitions of buildings and whatever you know i feel like there's a lot more options and you look at spots differently and you can yeah. you know and you can cross that over to your aggressive skating you know a lot of skaters i talk to it's really changed when they go into on the big wheels it's changed your perspective of what they can do in aggressive skates oh definitely definitely so back to the the ultra in the midwest 
What uh, you also did? What Minneapolis? So yeah, I just did Minneapolis uh, like a week and a half ago. Um, I had two other ultras in between there. I had Ragbri again, obviously, because that's become a yearly thing. And then did an event in Georgia I've been trying to do for a couple of years called Bragg, okay. which is bicycle ride across Georgia. Um, that one's a really awesome one. I talked to you about that a little bit, but a little bit. Man, I got to tell you the story of that one because it was wicked crazy. It, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I just did the Minneapolis ultra skate, which was 270 miles. That one was really nice. Um, the first day I did a century, I wanted to do a century on this one. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do it the first day, get out of the way. The first like 40 miles out of Des Moines were all trails. So that made the 40 miles go by easier, but then the next 60 were highway. And it was like not a single cloud in the sky. So the sun was just like cooking me. So it was like, I kept coming up to like farms and I'd like stand behind a barn and just stand in the shade and drink water for like 15 minutes. And it felt like, felt like I was bacon stepping off of a griddle. And I'd like wait till I stopped sizzling before I got back on the road again. <laughs> but that skate was wicked. Uh, as soon as I crossed from Iowa into Minnesota, the roads were like, Iowa has nice roads, but for some reason, the counties I skated through in Minnesota were like incredible, super nice paved roads, traffic. I, I was on back highways and the traffic was so mild. I like rarely had to deal with traffic. Um, everybody I ran into in Minnesota was super friendly. Minnesota has this Minnesota nice slogan, you know, that's like their saying is Minnesota nice. It's definitely true. Um, re yeah, I just like met a lot of really cool people. Um, and then up in Minneapolis, I did a uh, Camp Skate IA, which is like an organization I've been working with for the last couple of years. With Camp Skate IA, that's the first one you've attended or did you go to one last year? Uh, that's the first one in person I've attended last year. They did a virtual camp, like a really interesting, it was just a, you know, a lot of skaters on zoom. Some of them had cleared areas where they did like dance instruction, slalom instruction, stuff like that. I got to get on and just sort of talk about ultra skating for a little bit, which was really cool. Um, so it was like, it was a little bit different feel, but this year was, was cool. Um, it was a smaller group. There was about 20 of us, but it was really great. There was five instructors. Um, I got to give a, a sort of like a keynote speech on ultra skating. And then I did a class. We were on this oval. So it's the largest ice sheet in the north, in the uh, largest ice sheet in the United States. So like, it's this huge concrete oval that they freeze over in the winter or whatever, but it was super smooth. There was like a little skate park out in the middle of it, like a little metal snap together park. Um, but yeah, we just like skated around they did a skate park certification, which is what I really wanted to do. Skate IA is a skate instructors association, which is basically they're teaching skaters how to teach. So it, it, it's not as much about like skill. It's about breaking down like the entry level stuff in the skating, breaking down like the basic functions of skating and how to teach them to someone that's new to skating. So they kind of, they uh, developed a curriculum around skate park skating where it's like breaking down the basics to like dropping in, grinding, airing, that kind of stuff. So it's really, they, they lay out a curriculum for you to follow so you can kind of take it and become an instructor and teach. So I'm slowly shifting towards becoming a teacher, being able to use that to supplement some of my ultras. So have you been, 
have you been giving lessons? I haven't. I've been giving here and there lessons. Uh, last summer, I, I, I've only been certified as a recreational instructor. So I've only just been giving like regular, you know, trail skating kind of lessons and only a few here and there. Um, with the pandemic, it was like kind of crazy. And I didn't want to, I was a little nervous to kind of jump off and start the whole classes and all that stuff. Um, but now with the skate park, Des Moines just built this incredible skate park, got the skate park certification. I'm like ready to go. And what's really cool is one of the other members of Skate Instructors Association built like the whole infrastructure for designing your class. And she like sent it to everybody. So I can just take it sort of, it's a Google form kind of thing. And you can sort of change it up to how you want to teach and the things you want to teach. And it like really simplified everything. So I'm like getting ready to kick that off. Well, that sounds perfect. So how did you find out about Skate IA to begin with? And what made you decide you wanted to be a part of it? Sonic, I think, was was the reason. Sonic uh, Arnav Shaw is mm-hmm. a speed skater, slalom skater in the skating world. Um, he's a New York guy. He runs a Kinetic Expression skate shop based out of Queens in New York. Um, I met him at the A to A to A that I skated, and then he was already a certified instructor through Skate IA, and he kept, you know, kind of kept telling me about it. And then they were getting a cert. They were doing the level one instructor cert in Atlanta and Roll ATL was hosting that. And I had already kind of gotten connected with Roll ATL through the 888 skate. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't really, you know, I just thought it was, I just thought it was really cool. He told me about it. He told me their mission of like, you know, trying to create more teachers. And obviously I've been skating long enough. Like you start to realize, like, I'm not going to be able to skate forever. And to keep this culture alive like we need new skaters so it's like sure we're the teachers now and it's like it's our turn to teach and so i just thought it was a cool idea didn't you have a job doing delivery on skates before uh yeah that was during that whole time period that was a crazy uh i left des moines to go to st louis in Chicago, I was kind of moving back and forth between St. Louis and Chicago because I was traveling for so many events that I just like was crashing on people's couches and I didn't really have a house for like a year and a half. Um, so yeah, I was doing food delivery in Chicago and St. Louis and that was really crazy. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> I had this huge styrofoam backpack that was red in like a square and I would just like yeah, uh, in Chicago, I worked for a couple different apps that were really cool. And then in St. Louis, I got hired through a bike courier company, which was really cool because I only had to stay in like a two mile radius of downtown St. Louis. So I never had to go more than two miles per delivery. So it was like a game where I'd be like chilling downtown, get a food order. I'd go pick it up, go deliver it. There's like two and a half miles. So I'd say, how many miles can I skate today? And like, man, you know, get enough orders, I'd be doing like 30, 40 mile days. So it was like, cool, because I was like, kind of getting paid to skate. How do people react to you bringing their food on skates? They loved it. Everybody loved it. You know, uh, it was pre-pandemic when people were still like, hadn't seen skating in a long time. And when they see someone show up on skates, that's not like totally falling over. They're like, whoa, you know, I'd, you know, I'd roll into like a high rise in downtown St. Louis and take the elevator up to the seventh floor and be like, 
here's your food. You know, I'd skate into the office, into the desk and be like, (laughs) I mean, it was a lot of fun. People, people loved it. And it was the St. Louis one was fun because I kind of developed like a repertoire with like some of the different people that ran the buildings downtown because I was delivering to the same offices all the time. And like, I'd see the same people and it was like, I was just like this quirky St. Louis character for a minute. That's rad. Um, going back to like A to A and races on skates, have you done any like actual marathons? I did the Duluth marathon the last time they had it two years ago. And how was that compared to, you know, the ultra marathons? Marathon racing is definitely like a really interesting sport. Um, it's a definitely its own type of skating. Uh, you're in the pace lines. So you have to learn to skate with others in like super tight quarters. And then it's like kind of a game of like when they do these pace lines, these guys are, they're pushing you and they're like, they're trying to get you out into the front so they can wear you down. So that way the, eventually the pace line will just leave you behind. So like all of that stuff was new to me when I was first doing the race. So I'm like in this pace line and then I like jump out of the pace line and then I jump back in it. And people are getting super pissed you know stay where you're at well uh, yeah it's uh, confusing to me i i watch it i don't know anything about the pace lines you know i've re- skated i skated one half marathon right after i broke my back in montreal and that's it you know since covid i haven't gone to any i wanted to do you know north shore in berlin but oh so as far as speed skating goes in des moines you have dante muse who you know legendary <laughs> speed skater you know, won world championships on quads, then on inline skates, the whole family skates. He has uh, the Skate East, is that right, his roller rink? Skate Lands. Skate now. Land. Is, so, he still, is he still involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the three, there's three brothers, three Muse brothers. They're all incredible skaters um, that have all won, you know, tons of races and world champions and stuff. Dante, you know, is one of the more well-known brothers. Um, he, they all three owned rinks. Dante owns Skateland, which has got a little skate park inside of it. Um, he's a wicked cool guy. His family is wicked cool. Like his wife, Romina, is also, you know, world renowned speed skater. She's actually uh, been helping me out with my double push a little bit, which okay. about the double push, probably. Um, yeah, I was actually going to ask if Dante has been giving you any tips but it's his wife yeah dante's one of those skaters where he's like you know headstrong he goes into it and he can do it really well um but he can't i don't think he can break it down as easily and his wife is technical skater so she was kind of you know bambi and i go to the adult skates and it's like at the adult skates it's really cool because we just get to skate with them and enjoy it and i say hey can you show me this and it's it's not you know it's not the same as growing up in the speed skating world where I'd go to like an intense speed skating lesson and it'd be drills and practices. It's kind of like, I've been skating for a long time and I'm curious about this move. Can you show it to me? And so she's been helping me a little bit, which is cool. So maybe you could explain what the double push is for people who don't know. Double push is when your legs are under compression and as you're falling away from your skates, your legs are under compression they're bent like if you were getting ready to jump that generates force so if you think about when you're normally skating you're just pushing this leg out bringing it back and then you're pushing this leg out and then you're bringing it back so that's kind of one push you can only get so much power out of that but if you think about it like this when you push this skate out and then as you bring it back in and you're 
getting ready to push this skate out, if you let your body weight fall over your skate, you're, it's going to be generating force. So you're kind of pushing like this. So now both of your skates are doing a push. So you're going twice as fast with less energy consumption. So it's like, if you're a marathon racer, like you have to be able to double push. If you were like in a, you know, before I learned to double push when I was an aggressive guy, I was just single leg pushing. And it's like, you can have strong legs. You can push as hard as you want, but like, you're never going to go as fast as those guys that are getting two pushes for every stride. Like they're generating twice as much energy with every single push that they do. So it's been, that's been a really awesome learning journey for me. You know, growing up aggressive skating, you know, I remember learning tricks, learning spins, learning grabs, learning grinds. And it's like things you practice and things you had to learn. And I feel like at a certain point, you're not learning so much as you are mixing. You're mixing your tricks around and you're sort of combining them. And it's like, you lose that same endeavor of like, I'm trying to learn this thing. And so with the double push, I was like, I can't do this. I need to learn it. So it's like practicing, practicing, watching videos, skating with people, asking people questions. And it became very much like I'm a student in skating again, and I'm trying to learn this thing. And it was the day where I finally was like, okay, I think I'm doing this felt so awesome. And now I've like got this double push, you know, it's not as streamlined as these lifelong speed skaters, but I'm double pushing down a highway going 30 miles an hour. And like, it feels awesome. It feels incredible. It's like, you know, it's just a cool feeling. It's like you're flying. So one thing I noticed, you know, when I first started big wheel blading, I mean, I, you know, I started out recreationally skating or you know, urban skating because I started skating before aggressive inline was a thing. So, you know, I have a background in it, but, you know, after years of aggressive, I realized that most aggressive skaters can't actually skate. I mean, they can do tricks, you know, they approach a rail, you know, they can do whatever, but they're not skating. You know, people drive from spot to spot. You're not really skating a lot. Yeah. So a lot of people can't actually do the skating that slalom skaters, you know, the control of the skate itself, you know, um, which I didn't really realize, you know, in 20 years of aggressive skating, how different I, it is. I had that same epiphany. I hadn't realized that. And then when I got into the big wheel blading, it was like, it was like, whoa, like roll, like the actual art form of rollerblading is like a little bit more and a little bit different than what I thought it was. It's not so much like, yeah. you know, it's, I think that's why, you know, the guys yeah. going to aggressive to big wheel blading, it's making them better aggressive skater. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, and back to Dante Muse, you know, he was a lifelong speed skater, but then later in life, he started aggressive skating. Yeah. So you he was kind of an early crossover guy. Yeah. So I'm 31 right now. Dante did not start aggressive skating till he was 31. When I met Dante, you know, I must have been like 15 or 16 when I met Dante. We were street skating and he was like doing true Mizu's down like 15 stair handrails, you know, doing like big skating tricks. And I had never even realized this guy's already like 37, 38 years old. Like, you know, he didn't start aggressive skating until he was 31. And it's like, that blew my mind. And he's still, he's 50 in his fifties and he's an incredible skater. Like 
super, super, his whole family is super talented. He's got two daughters. One of them is 13, I think. The other one is, she's got to be maybe only five. And he's bringing them to the new skate park. And they're all, all on quads. And they're just ripping it. I mean, airing out of the bowl is just like the little five-year-olds dropping in on this big 10-foot rolling, like ripping it. So I have no doubt that like they're going to be incredible skaters. Like, geez. Yeah, I mean, he has that little skate park, you know, in the park in the roller rink, which was really fun when I was there. Um, so it's back to aggressive skating. How much are you aggressive skating now? Uh, you know what? From the point that I started distance skating with you, I kind of, my aggressive skating started to taper down and down and down. Um, the last three years was probably almost the least amount of aggressive skating I'd ever done. I didn't really have skates that I liked the, the whole time. I was struggling to find a good aggressive setup. Um, and I was just dedicating all my time to distance and ultra. Um, and then we, in March, they opened this new skate park in downtown Des Moines. And it's like, they're calling it the largest outdoor skate park in the U.S. It's pretty huge. It's incredibly built. It's very nice, smooth ramps. Um, as soon as I started skating that park, I've like been going every single day. I've been using that as like my training for my ultra skating, which is funny because I like felt like I took long enough of a break from it that I'm like, whoa, I, I love this again. Like really enjoying it. And how did your uh, skills come back? What did you feel oh. like you lost some tricks or? I lost anything. There was like a day and a half of like, it's been a while since I did a really fast grind down a big thing. And then, you know, doing it a couple of times, I was like, oh, it's, it's still exactly what it was. And I have like, I have all the body mechanics and like body awareness because I've just been skating the whole time. So it's like. So what aggressive skates are you on right now? Uh, I'm on a monster mashup of some old, new jacks with some fr parts and some wish frames they're kind of they're kind of crazy looking oh wow <laughs> they're very right now i like this fr liner and then my frames are finally like finally breaking in really nicely so i see uh, you're wearing an fr shirt are you sponsored by fr now <laughs> uh yeah yeah sponsored I guess sponsored would be the word. Well, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It doesn't Spon look like they sent you any aggressive skates, though. They're getting ready to release some. Okay. They're, don't quote me on this, but I'm thinking like in the next six to eight weeks. Oh, awesome. A couple pictures. They look really cool. I'm very excited about them. Um, so yeah. tell me, tell me, first of all, what skates did you get from FR? And then how did you end up on the team? You were skating for Rollerblade for a while, and now you're in FR. So um, what happened? Um, you know, over the last couple of years, I've kind of had people saying, like, hinting towards FR, kind of pushing me towards FR. I was riding for Rollerblade, and then I think I just was kind of moving in a different direction. So I decided to sort of step away from Rollerblade. And then, honestly, I, I, I was like, I don't really – want to like try to do the sponsor stuff for a little while like i'm just i like finally felt like i was getting to a place where i just wanted to skate and i was skating and i was really loving skating um so i was just like not worried about it um and then 
Cletus from Wish kind of said like, oh, you know, maybe you should talk to FR. Those guys seem really cool. They might be into what you're doing. And I said, yeah, th that'd be cool. I'll talk to them. And then I, I didn't say anything. I kind of let some time pass. And then Sonic, who runs the skate shop in, in uh, New York, he, he kind of works with FR. He said, yeah, you know, I think they might be a good fit for you. They, you know, the company's really cool. I think, think the skate would work well with your foot because me and him have kind of spent a lot of time skating together. And he's done rag ride with me twice. And, you know, we we get into the nitty gritty of talking about our feet and this, this, you know, specifics of skates and everything. Cause that's something I think as an aggressive skater for a long time, it was like the aesthetics of your skate were important. How you, how cool you made your skates look um, versus like functionality. And now as like an ultra skater and distance skater, functionality is like a huge part of it. So it's like me and him talk about everything minute details about skates because we both want obviously the most comfortable skate um i'm getting i'm going on a tangent here but yeah so he kind of recommended me towards fr fr works with skate ia as well as you know so does rollerblade they're both um part of that kind of family so it was kind of just a lot of people naturally pushing me to them and i kind of put together a little resume of all my skating my ultras and my aggressive stuff and my plans for what I wanted to do the Midwest ultra series. And they thought it was a cool idea. And they, they asked if I wanted to try a pair of skates and I said, yeah. And they sent me the, uh, FR SL speed boot, which is super sick. This one has the integrated intuition liner. Oh, beautiful. Those are beautiful and, skates. Yeah. They're super beautiful. Um, what was crazy is that they sent me to them. I got them two days before brag. So I like, got them, got on the flight, flew to Atlanta, had a day to skate them, which was funny. I got my big wheel blading hat and I customized my big wheel blading hat. I embroidered all that stuff. I spent like five hours embroidering that hat. I went, I did my warm up skate in Atlanta. I was like, I'm gonna warm up for this bicycle ride event. Cause you gotta like, I've learned that I gotta build up if I'm gonna do a bunch of back to back days. Like you don't want to go into it with just cold legs. So I'll do like a small, like 15 or 20 mile skate the day before, or two days before I'm going to do a big event. Um, so I like, was like, I'm going to do this 15 mile skate around Atlanta. And I did it and I had all my gear. I had set up everything. So it was like a mock run because I'm carrying my gear and my hats clipped in my bag and it came unclipped on the trail. And I got all the way back to Royal ATL and it was unclipped. So I turned around and as fast as I could skated the whole 15 miles back again. So I ended up doing this like crazy fast 30 mile skate and I couldn't find my hat. And I was, I was so sad. I haven't told you yet that I lost my hat. Mm, no, that's a bummer. I was so, I was really bummed. And I like told the skaters there, I was like, you guys got to look for my hat. It's the only hat like that. <laughs> well, we have but, to get you a new one. Yeah. Um, so. so the, the brag race or is that, it's a rider race. It's a ride. It's a ride. It's just like Ragbri. Yep. So, so earlier admission was crazy, and you want to tell us about it? Yes. Let's hear the story. Uh, so Brag, bicycle ride across Georgia, originated, there was a woman from Georgia who did Ragbri in Iowa. She thought it was awesome, so she came back to Georgia and sort of started, got that whole event going. I want to say... Uh, over 20 years ago, quite a long time ago, maybe 30 years ago. I'd have to check the numbers on that. Anyways, 
bicycle ride across Georgia. Um, the route kind of changes every year, just like Ragby. It's a seven day ride across the state. Um, so I signed up to do that race. It started in like the very tip top of Georgia on Lookout Mountain. So like going into the race or going into the ride, the weather forecast was thunderstorms every day, all seven days. And Bambi was like, are you sure you still want to do this ride? And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm signed up. Like I'm committed to this. I, I don't want to, you know, what happens if it doesn't rain? Like then I'll, I'll skipped it and then it didn't rain and I miss out on it. So I showed up and like great weather the, the day I'm there, the day in Atlanta and the day before the event, great weather. Then we get, I take a bus to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then catch a ride from someone at the hostel I stayed at to the top of this mountain, lookout mountain. Um, and it was incredible. It was like incredible, beautiful views on top of this mountain. Like looking over, we could see like, you know, you could see so far across Georgia and apparently you could see other states. I can't remember what the other states bordering it were, but it was these incredible views. Um, and then obviously we're camping and then it started raining that first night and then it basically didn't stop raining for seven days. And the whole event was 340 miles and it just thunderstormed every single day during the night, like by the third or fourth day, like all my gear was soaked, everything was soaked. Um, but it was cool. Cause it was like, there was a thousand cyclists. Um, and I was obviously the only rollerblader and they thought I was crazy, but I like got to talk to basically everybody on that ride. It was like, it was open highway. So there was still traffic. So that was kind of crazy, but it was basically like, there's a flying here now. <laughs> um, it was basically like each day was like 60 to 70 miles. So there was a couple of short days and one century day, um, but there was support vehicles along the route. So they'd have like three snack stands. And what was, what was different about RAGRAI is that it was a much smaller event. There's a thousand riders and you register and with registration, you get the snack, you get access to the snack support vehicles. So when you'd show up to the support vehicle, it was like water. They had like big coolers of like Powerade mix. And then they had Rice Krispie treats, granola bars, cookies, bananas, watermelons, olives, pickles, like peanut butter jelly sandwiches, chips, like candy, all, like all this great stuff. And you would just eat as much as you could. And then you get to the next, you escape 20 miles and get to the next one. And it's the same thing. So it was like really wicked cool because I got a lot of free food. And then it was like beautiful Georgia countryside. Like the, the it rained. So basically it would be raining and then it would stop raining. It would get super sunny and hot. And then it'd be like the road would be steaming, but everything was super lush and green. And then it'd start storming again. So it was like really intense skating because it was raining and the roads were wet so i'm like constantly skating in water my skates were completely like sogged as i'm striding my skates are like bubbling you know what i'm saying right it was do you, have any, do you have any falls uh so i had one fall so the first day we start on the mountain it is uh there was a 1200 foot descent all at once so we're riding and it's like 20 miles into the ride is when we descend this part of the mountain. Um, and 
I get to the top of the mountain and I know it's coming up. I have footage of it. I'll, I'll have to send you the footage. Um, I turn my helmet camera on and I start going down this hill and it's raining. It's like raining pretty intensely. And I start going down this hill and it's like, I start to pass cyclists. I'm like building up so much speed that I'm like flying past the cyclists. And then there's traffic. So now I'm like having to get into the oncoming lane and pass this traffic. And then it got to the point where I was going so fast and the ground was soaking wet. Like, you know, the road was so slick that I couldn't do anything. I was like, I can't even slow down. I just have to like hold this and ride this out. And there's like a point where there's a car coming this way and a car coming this way. And I had to like step into the middle and cut traffic like through these people. It was super crazy. I ended up going 58.1 miles an hour down this mountain. I clocked it with my watch and it was, it was insane. Um, and then later that day, there was one more steep, super steep, uh, like downhill curve. It was like a hairpin curve. And everybody kind of said like, oh, this curve's coming up today. Be ready for it. Be ready for it. And I was with a group of cyclists at this point. And as I was coming down the hill, I was ahead of them. And I realized this is the one they're talking about. So I turned my head and I started to yell, hey, this is the curve. And it, like the motion of turning my head kind of started to pull my body to the right. And as I realized that, I like turned and looked forward. And I was going so fast that I couldn't like jerk react. So I rolled off the road. And I'm now in the ditch rolling like 25, 30 miles an hour through all the brush and stuff. And I like had a split second and I thought, do I jump back onto the road? And it's like a four inch, like the asphalt is like a four inch up step to get back on the asphalt. And I was like, if I clip that and I like hit the cement, I'm going to be wrecked. And so I just like slowly sat back and then like was sliding on my back and legs through all this like mud and vines and Georgia ditch crap. And it was just like, didn't end up being a bad fall, but I was just like, my back was scratched up a little bit and, you know, muddy, but no super bad falls. Oh, good. You got lucky. Uh, yeah. Got lucky for sure. There was a, there ended up being a cyclist on the big hill, the 1200 foot descent hill. A cyclist went down really bad. Ended up, he broke his jaw. He broke like three ribs. I think oh, it's wow. called. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, ended the ride for him for sure. Um, but yeah. It was crazy. The thunderstorming was crazy. We had, I think it was the second night, a storm came right through the field we were staying in and just like wrecked people's tents. Next morning, like, I think we had, I mean, we had a large number, at least 50 people or more just like packed it up and went home. They're like, we can't do this anymore. All of our stuff is soaked. And it was like, that's where I was at. All my stuff was soaked, but I like, I didn't have the option to go home. I couldn't just like, call uber and go home you know what I, mean? I had to keep going right that's crazy well you know you're really good at being a completist which i like doing the same thing you know if we're going to start something i'll finish it yeah i don't i don't, I don't set my goals to do those 430 mile races though or rides um <laughs> uh what's your um what's of all the skates you've done the ultra skates yeah. what's your favorite one highway one was pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie i've done like I've had moments on every ultra that were like incredible. I've learned, I've learned that no matter the place, there's going to be some, something there that makes it like beautiful and have this like incredible quality to it. But highway one, I think was the most impactful. Cause I, it was 10 days. It was eight, eight days of skating down highway one. And it was like, 
I just like feel like for eight days, I had the ocean right here on my right side. And then this like inland green on my left. And it was like those two colors so magnificently for eight days of just like hours and hours of skating. And I was carrying all my gear on, a, on my back. So it was like, I had everything so I could feel everything more. So it was like, I mean, like going through like Big Sur was incredible. It was crazy. It was like breathtaking, like physically and mentally, like you'd get to the top of some of those peaks and look out over the ocean. And it was like constantly made me feel small all the time, every day. I'd get like, you know, you get into a skate and I'd get like charged up and I'd be thinking, heck yeah, I'm doing this. Like I'm ultra skating right now. This is badass. Like I'm going to skate 70 miles today. This is so sick. And then I like look at the ocean and I'm just like, this, this doesn't even matter at all. Like this doesn't matter at all. <laughs> and it was like, it was really funny the way that kept happening. Cause it was like, I don't know. I'd look at the ocean and I'd be like, dude, what the heck? I, I guess people that live out there, they go to the ocean every day. I'm from the Midwest. So it's a little different for me, but like eight entire days of like, all day long look at that that ocean was so crazy for me so that that ultra skate it was 550 miles that one ended up being pretty wicked awesome i mean that's a beautiful road i've driven down it a few times when i live in california you know for, and for those who don't know highway one it's san francisco to like los angeles yep. along the coast of california and it's not a very populated area so it's not that busy on the beaches, but there's a lot of cars because it's a lot of tourists and you know tra traffic going down that road. Um, and that 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 ride was documented by Bruce Bell's in yeah. the Ultra video you guys put out, and yeah. and that one was submitted to some film festivals. You got some recognition for it. Tell yeah. me about about that video. How you know you and Bruce got together to make it, and the kind of the reception it's received. Yeah. Uh, so originally it, it kind of started as like, I had been doing ultra skates. Um, I hadn't been calling them ultra skates. I was just calling them like distance skates and all kinds of stuff. But I had finally said like, I think ultra is the word that I'm really feeling, you know, matches the feeling of this kind of skating. It's very much like ultra running. It's this, you know, long distance, long hours, like, I use the word suffering a lot, but suffering in a good way, but it's ultra is the word that I felt fit it. So I was talking to Bruce and he was going to be out in San Francisco during the same time frame that I was going out there to do this ultra skate. So it lined up. So I said like, Hey, um, do you want to help me? The original goal was, I just want to introduce ultra skating to whoever's interested. I just want to do like a little intro video. This is what ultra skating is to me. Um, and so I was sponsored by rollerblade at the time and they kind of put together, you know, an idea to help me with it. And they helped get Bruce together on that project. And so they actually were, they, Bruce and them filmed me for the first three days. They kind of jumped along and followed me for spots for the first three days. And they made it out to big Sur and filmed some stuff. And then the next seven days I was by myself. So it was all with my GoPro and my 360. I like filmed solo video and then a filmer who works with Bruce that's also from Iowa that lives in LA came out to the end to film the ending of that. So the whole thing started as just the idea of introducing ultra skating and it kind of turned into this 
you know, super short, beautiful micro look into what ultra skating is, especially through my lens, um, which is like, you know, sort of what we've been talking about, these extreme, beautiful experiences that like do push you to your limits, but like always in such constructive ways. So it's like, um, yeah, we filmed that documentary. It's like 15 minutes long and it just sort of shows what the ultra skate was like. And I sort of talk a little bit about what it's like. Um, yeah. And then it was entered in some film festivals. Yeah, yeah. So it was entered in quite a few film festivals, um, which has done really well. It's won several awards, which has been really cool. That's amazing. Uh, Bruce has hit me up, you know, a couple different times and said, hey, we won this festival. Here's a hundred bucks or here's 200 bucks. And it's been like, that's pretty cool because I've never had that happen. And I've been skating with Bruce all of my skating career, pretty much from the age of 16, I became friends with Bruce and like he's filmed almost everything of mine, all of my sections, any rollerblade stuff that I've done, he's filmed. Um, and I worked with him for a while with his videography company, filming weddings, music videos, stuff like that. So uh, yeah, having Bruce do that project was awesome because he already knows me and he kind of, he could film, he's already, learned how to film me in a way that's like more personal than I think if any other filmer just jumped on to film me, you know? Right. And kind of anticipate who I am as a person and read me as a person better. So that was really cool. And I was really grateful to have that. And it was, you know, we've been skating buddies forever. So like to have him come out there and be a part of that trip was like wicked awesome. I had another homie from here, Spencer Smith. He's an aggressive blader from Des Moines too. He came out for that because he's, he's a big San Francisco dude. He loves going out to San Francisco. So. He right. came out and helped do so. Yeah. Any, any plans for a follow-up? Um, when is this going to be released? Mm, sometime soon. <laughs> sometime soon. Uh, all right. So secretly, I'm planning to do the rest of the West Coast. I'm not going to say when. Okay. But sometime soon. <laughs> awesome. That's going to be rad. When do yeah, you... With all these, um, go ahead. You're gonna say something. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm just, I'm really excited for that. I, you know, I've done the two big portions, the LA or the San Francisco to LA, and LA to San Diego. So I was like, I kind of just want to do the rest of that, so I can say, hey, I've skated the entire West Coast. That'd be pretty cool. On that, on that trip, you, you, you had all your gear with you, and you camped along the way. Is that what you've been doing on these Midwest skates? Or have you had a follow van vehicle? Uh, so what's been really cool on the Midwest one, um, I've been using this one as sort of, obviously I'm, I'm always learning. I'm trying to sort of, uh, I don't want to say pave the way. I'm trying to form this new discipline, this uh, new community of ultra skating. So it's like, part of that is I'm always learning and I'm always trying to figure out how can I do this better? How can I make this part more enjoyable and more sufferable? Um, so it's like this Midwest Ultra Series, it's close enough to home that I've had a little bit of playroom with it. Um, I've been designing my routes and basically I pick camping spots all along the route. And then my partner, Bambi, she works remote for a skate company, which is really cool. So she gets to stay involved with my projects. I stay involved with her projects. And so on this series, particularly, I've been carrying sort of the day gear that I need to make it. So during the day, I'm completely unsupported. 
I'll do my skate. Like I'll leave in the morning and I'll get to the campsite and then she'll drive to the campsite and meet me there. And then we camp out and we have our dog and it's like, it's enjoyable because, you know, each, you know, each month we sort of get a little micro camping trip and we both really enjoy camping. Um, so it definitely makes it easier. Obviously I could carry my backpack with my tent, but it's like part of the Midwest ultra series is I want to really do a better job of showcasing it when I skate. And it's like, when you're carrying all the extra weight, it's like so much more physically and mentally demanding that it's like harder to stay. It's harder to have the bandwidth to do more, especially right. like social media and everything. It's like social media itself, doing all this stuff, taking photos, uploading it online is a lot of energy and effort. And so when you're out there and you're skating a hundred miles in the hot heat, it's like you're doing extreme physical work and that takes a mental concentration to do it. But then the whole time you're also trying to like, you know, I like to keep people updated. I have a lot of fun with it now. Like I've gotten, I've trained my body up to the point. I've gotten endurance to the point now where I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, I love trying to capture. I like to do my stories on Instagram and Facebook where I try to capture like live. This is what's happening right now. I'm pulling into this town right now. I was just there 10 minutes ago kind of feeling, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, once a month people can kind of tune in and follow the daily posts and stories and see like, whoa, this is happening right now. And what's been cool, part of my goal with this was to start to get people to join. So I got Alex to join me on the Omaha one. I had a coworker join me for a day of the Minneapolis skate, which was really cool because he's a young, I think dude's 20, um, during the pandemic, he kept hitting me up saying, Hey man, I want to try skating. I want to try skating. He's a, he's a chef that I work with at the restaurant. I work with here in town. Um, he just kept hitting me up, say, man, I want to get skates. I want to try skating, help me out. And it was when you like, couldn't get skates anywhere. Everywhere was sold out. Everybody was, you know, on skates. So it was like hard to find skates. So I hooked him up with a pair of my skates. Um, and he just started skating around doing five miles here, 10 miles there. And he kept bugging me about ultra skating he kept saying man i want to do an ultra with you and i kept saying like uh you get you know build up to it maybe like it's a little bit you know different than just skating around town and what was funny is he kept asking me about this minneapolis one and i said like i'll let you know i'll let you know and then the fourth day or the third day i like i wake up at camp and i'm like packing my gear up and i get a text from him that says i'm 15 minutes away from the town you're in like I'm here, where you at? So it's like, he drove, he got up at 6 a.m. He drove, you know, met me at the campsite and he skated 56 miles with me. So it was like, it was kind of like when me and you skated that 33 miles, mm -hmm. he like had never done more than 10 miles and it was new for him. But he's like, a, you know, an athletic guy. He works out, like does running. So it was really cool. I took him on the skate and it was awesome. We like, got out of town and we get onto our first highway and it's just like we're out there and he's kind of like okay so this is it you know it's like beautiful blue sky the cornfields are kind of green and golden like you know waving in the wind and the highway's just open in front of us and he's like I can you know I get this feeling and it was really cool to like have him be so new to skating and new to all of this to like step into onto the road as i would call it and say like whoa i get i get this feeling right away i can kind of understand this so we did 56 miles that day and that was 
awesome. Uh, hilariously, 36 miles into the skate, we're like going up this hill and he yells ahead. He's Caleb, hey man, like I need your help. And I like turn around and skate back to him. And he's like, hey dude, is this normal? <laughs> he like points down to his knee and that, uh, what's the big, the big muscle right on the inside of your knee? Yeah, I don't know like, the name of it. I'm no, I'm no good with knowing all the muscle names. One of your main pushing muscles. Uh, I don't think he'd been used to like the striding. I mean, you're striding thousands and thousands of times when you're doing that many miles. And his muscle had cramped up and sort of twisted, and it was sticking out of his leg, all cramped and twisted. I'd never seen anything like it, and I, oh my god, dude! <laughs> and we like pulled over, and he had to roll it out with a water bottle, and we sat there for like 15 minutes, and then it was like the next 20 miles was just like five mile segments, slow, slow, like his leg kept cramping up. Then his other leg started cramping up and it was like, it was hilarious. The last few miles in the town, I ended up kind of just pushing him. Oh, poor but guy. It, <laughs> no, you know, he, he really enjoyed it. It, it didn't hurt, you know, hurt, wreck his body to the point where he was like, that sucked. You know, he really got the enjoyable experience. You know, there was Minnesota known for its lakes. And we skated past a ton of like really beautiful lakes like it was just a beautiful day of skating. We had a wind at our back all day. Like couldn't ask for a better day of ultra skating for his like first time ever. So, but yeah, that's been part of the, the whole Midwest ultra series is like, I'm showcasing the Midwest, but I also want to show people like, yo, this is just skating. Like I'm skating and I want you to come skate with me or I want you to skate where you're at and find your ultras. Cause I want to come do those ultras, you know, I and can now the city skate to Omaha, skate to Minneapolis. I have those routes. I could take someone skating on those if I wanted. And it's like, I'm looking forward to her meeting other skaters. And they say, I got this awesome ultra I'm going to do. Come do this with me. And that's slowly happening. But like, that's my goal. And I'm really excited for it. I mean, it's a, definitely a small niche group of skaters. Have you, have you met some other skaters doing long distance skates around the country or the world? So I keep running into people that are doing like sort of one-off trips mm -hmm. or one big trip and then not really doing any long distance skating anymore. Um, there was a guy, there's a guy named Mike from Denver that did the skate across America mm -hmm. and he raised, he raised funds for uh, school lunches and he raised like absurd amount, like 20 or 30 grand, something like that. Um, he was a hockey player that just kind of decided he was going to do that and he skated across America and that dude, like me and him have become friends and we talk all the time and he loves like, you know, staying up on my ultra skates. Um, but he doesn't do as much ultra skating and there, you know, there's, there's people like that, that I keep running into that. I'm like, maybe they'll start doing more of them with me, but it's kind of like one here or there. Right. Um, there's a guy that just skated across all of Canada. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. I feel like, uh, you know, you know, a lot of these really long skates, they're, they're just kind of doing it for, you know, world record and then, you might not yeah. see those skates again. Yeah. And it's you know? like, that's wicked cool. Obviously, like his skate was cool and he raised, he was helping uh, raise funds for saving the bees, which is, I love that. But it's like, I want to kind of create a, a network where we're always doing this. Right. Where maybe instead of going to Ragbri, we're now going to an ultra skate across Iowa and we've got 500 or a thousand bladers that are doing it. And it's, you know, all the money we generate could go towards a great cause. And it's like, you know, having an infrastructure like that, having a community like that would be so cool. 
It, I know, uh, Casey still, Cleveland was organizing some skate in Oregon. Yeah, she's doing um, Seattle to Portland. It's another bicycle ride. It's a two-day, 200-mile ride um, from Seattle to Portland. And she's trying to get more skaters. And she's been talking to me for years, and I'm trying to do that one. I just got to get it lined up with the schedule. But uh, You've gotten Bambi on the Big Wheel Blades, too. She comes from a roller skate background, you know, well-known in that, in that sport. And yeah. now she, I see her on some long-distance skates with you. You did New Mexico. Uh, she loves it. You know, she, she'd gotten into it uh, on her own. She had started it before we started dating. Um, but then we kind of, like, you know, bonded over that experience, which has been really great, you know, being able to bond over skating. Um, and she's, like, she was already a super strong, powerful skater. So jumping on the big wheels, like, she rocks them. She's done rag ride twice now. Um, we skated across the state of New Mexico, which was insane. That was kind of like early in our relationship. And we both had full frame backpacks with like her pack must have weighed 20 pounds, I think, and mine was closer to 30 pounds. And it's like, doesn't sound like a lot of weight, but when you're skating across the highway of New Mexico and it's 80 degrees and the road's extremely rough and we're trying to do 60 miles, like, backpack's pretty heavy and like we spent three weeks kind of skipping around that state between skating really awesome portions and then hopping on a bus and going to the next city and then skating you know here and there staying at a bunch of state parks awesome experience and she's just like you know she loved it she loves the distance and like there were times where I was trying to keep up with her which is like for me funny because she's you know half my weight half my size so it's like some of these big hills i see her with her backpack and she'd be pulling away from me and i'd just be like ah. <laughs> and that trip was documented in an article you guys put together for bigwheelblading.com yeah so i'll post yeah. a link to it below for people to check it out yeah man new mexico i i think we both really fell in love with that state like we've we've looked at it several times possibly moving there we're both kind of looking for we're looking for land so we can sort of start our own uh skate farm kind of vibe so in new mexico has been on our list and we've been looking but you know it's one of those states that's having a, a water crisis so it's like right find, vermont's perfect if you start skiing too yeah man lots of land lots of skate parks and lots of skiing i have to look into that we're looking at minnesota right now too uh, she works out of Red Wing, Minnesota, which is right outside Minneapolis. And okay. Really beautiful up there. The, the roads are nice. The nature is really nice. So I think we're going to wrap up the interview today. I just wanted to ask you, what are your future skating plans? Now you've done the ultra this year. Do you have plans ready for next year or are you just going with the flow? Yeah. So uh, as far as this year, I'm still, I have two ultras left. I'm going to skate from my house to Chicago. And then from my house to St. Louis, uh, both of those are Chicago's close to 400 miles. And I think St. Louis is closer to 500 miles. Um, I'm trying to shift as I do these ultras, I'm trying to shift closer and closer to being unsupported because I want to get to the most lightweight version that I can be in uh, skate unsupported. Um, 2022, I'm really excited about. I've got some I don't want to say bigger skates, but you know, I'm going to be skating. I'm going to be skating a lot. So I'm excited. Awesome. I can't wait to see your adventures. 
all your all's fun to watch all your stories and you know your trips so caleb it was really great talking with you if people want to find out more about you they can follow you on instagram at kale boston kale like the vegetable boston like the city uh i think facebook's the same okay. or you, you know find me through big wheel blading various things uh, i'll add links below so people can check it out yeah. um well, Caleb, thanks for joining us today. It was really interesting to talk to you about the ultra skating and your history in the sport. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit the like button below. Subscribe to this channel to see more videos in the future. Thank you all and take care. Bye, Caleb. Thank Good you, talking to you. Good talking to you, Jan.